Hi, I'm Steven. And I'm Michael. And I'm Jane. And you are listening to Unexpected Things with Jane. Welcome to Unexpected Things with Jane, the podcast where I talk with someone that you might know about something that you may not expect us to talk about. And today I have with me my pastor, one of my pastors, Pastor Steven, um, to come on today. Steve, I don't know if you know this, but I actually was inspired to do this podcast because of this episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, so, I feel so privileged. You should. Okay. Can you introduce yourself for our listeners? Yes. Uh, my name is Steven, and most people call me Steve, including my wife calls me Steve. And I am a father of four, two boys, two girls. I've been pastoring at Redeemer for the past 12 years and uh, recently just moved to, in with my in-laws uh, here in Palo Alto, so very happy to welcome you both here. Are you guys always, both of you, on the okay, podcast? Okay, yeah. So for the listeners, we have a special guest today, Michael Chan. Um, he's going to be our studio audience of one. Yes. Nice. I am the podcast boyfriend. Apparently. <laughs> the Instagram girlfriend. Okay. Do you know what we're going to talk about today, Steve? I don't know what we're going to talk about today. So you uh, may expect us to talk about, like, what are the challenges of pastoral ministry? What is it like to adopt a kid from China? When really, what we're going to talk about today is... Demo, please. How do you look so fly on Sundays? Please tell <laughs> us, what does it take to get that three-piece suit together? What even is a three-piece suit? What goes in the mind of Stephen Chen at 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning? Well, I don't know if I would describe myself as fly on Sundays, but I do. Clothes are my weakness. And I, when I prepare for Sundays and the suit that I'm going to wear on Sunday, I usually actually just rotate. So it's nothing very spectacular. I, when I choose, I, you, I'll start with the coat. And if it's a coat... Um, I'll just kind of think through textures. That's the thing that I care about. Mm. Do you have tweed? I do have tweed. Wow. And so if you have tweed, like, I feel like you can't have a, like a very wooly tie. You need to have something a little smoother. You could have mm. something rough. So you want to provide visual interest mm. and you also want to just, um, and it's just nice to have different textures kind of going on. So you don't, for me, that's how I think through it. It's very simple after that. It's just, I usually have two colors for dress shirts, a white one and a blue one, and I just wear one or the other. And then I throw in a pocket square. And so I do try to choose things that aren't going to be ultra flashy too, mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, you're pastor and you need to not get judged for what you wear too much. Although you know? some people have said like, that one of their first impressions of RBF was the way that you and Pastor Daniel dressed. They were like, wow, they look super well, sharp. Let me, let me tell you the stories behind these suits. So the reality is I had one suit when I first started pastoring. And uh, and then I have a a friend who became, just was very, uh, he came into a lot of money. And so he looked at me and he said, Steve, you need a new suit. After that, somebody else in the congregation totally separate, Brian Lou, I'm talking to you, <laughs> said, Steve, you need new shoes. Can I just buy them for you? So then he went on eBay and he Alan chose, Evans. so he chose a pair of Allen Edmonds for me and I bought them. And this, this other friend of mine who kind of came into some money, he 
said, here's a new suit and you're going to get it. I'm going to get it custom made for you. Well, he just gave it to you? He bought it for me. Very and uh, every couple of years he'll say, Steve, I think it's time for a new, suit. new suit. And he included Daniel. So I think it kind of all worked out. So that's, so to be honest, oh. a lot of our gear is actually has been gifted right. to us. Hookups. Not all of it. I mean, some of it I have purchased myself. Speaking yeah. of Alan Edmonds, let's yes. talk about shoes. Okay. Because I know you are really into shoes. What are your most prized pair of shoes? My most prized pair of shoes? Well, I've actually sold all my Jordans. You did? Even the 11s? I sold almost every single pair. Uh, partially it's because in our home, our, the way we do our budget is if you want to buy anything that's outside of the budget, you have to sell something first. Oh, interesting. So I sold my Jordans to be able to buy like another pair of dress shoes, or I sold my Jordans to be able to buy a tie or something mm. like that. And it's just part of becoming an older man. Okay, but I want to go back to sneakers. Have you ever sneakers. seen the Instagram creatures on sneakers? Sorry, I have like taken them. Um, it's basically the creatures and sneakers. I have never seen it. Okay, it's Instagram. an Instagram where they put side by side um, a picture of a preacher, a pastor, mm -hmm. um, who's wearing like super fly bomb sneakers, and then right next to it they put the price tag, and that's it. There's like no caption, nothing, and it's super interesting because it it riles up all these comments. Like some people are like, pastors shouldn't wear two thousand dollar Yeezys or whatever. And some people are like, no, pastors can do whatever they want with their money. It's like their liberty. Or maybe they got it as a gift. You don't know that. But I was curious as to what you thought. I mean, as a pastor, that's not what I want to be known for. I think I'll just, I mean, I'll leave it at that. I'll just say like, that's, I mean, part of the reason, I'm not, not that I can't own a pair of Jordans and those types of things. But I do think, you know, um, Sometimes it's nice just to have something quality that you can wear for a long time. So I do, I bought and I purchased a pair of shoes on eBay for maybe a hundred dollars over, over a hundred dollars. And, but the way I do it, uh, I um, amortize it. Interesting. So you feel like, would you say that your purchases are more practical? Like, is this an investment? Will it return over the years to me? As um, opposed to yeah. this looks cool. I'm going to get this. Yeah. I think with, um, with shoes, I don't know if I if I'm always just uh, thinking practically. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Right. I mean, I mean, if I'm if I'm really practical, I just get a pair of Clarks and Carpets. and I just and I don't care about the style, but I do care about what how it looks. I like the, f the fact that hey, this is um, you know these pair of loafers have tassels on them. I know that sounds ridiculous. But it's like, oh, that's kind of like an old school, like when I think about dressing on Sundays, I often think about my grandpa. Okay, and like I, as a source of inspiration. Yeah, as a source of inspiration because I felt my grandpa had a lot of class. I felt my grandpa was, was thrifty, um, but you know, when he got married, he had a top hat and he had gloves. I mean, he had tails for his oh, wow. marriage. I mean, that's just like his thing. And I just thought about that and I said, you know what? Like, just classic. If I can be classic, that's what I'm going to do. And just I see that. that. You're like an old man in a yeah. middle-aged person's body. Yeah. I <laughs> and I like old things. Old things are great. Yeah, you are very old yeah. school. Okay, but, okay, so during Sunday school when we were talking about parenting, 
you're saying that you try not to comment on your uh, children's appearance. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like you yourself always try to look pretty sharp. And you were saying, you like first, first impressions also make a big, what am I trying to say? First impressions are important. (laughs) Yeah. I think for my children, I mean, they just choose their clothes themselves. I just try to say there's certain occasions where you need to be more presentable. Like, weddings, weddings, you know, funerals. Like we don't try to dress sloppy for certain Mm -hmm. occasions. My family has always had a tradition of like, when we get together for the family, you don't show up in t-shirt and shorts. You wear something with a collar. Mm. Um, So that's just the way I grew up. There was some propriety. And I think that that shows respect. And I think that everyone cares a little bit about their clothes. I mean, I, because I think the person who says that they don't care about their clothes and they wear whatever they want, I think that they still like care that they get to wear whatever they want. Like, so in the end, like we're all making choices about what we, how, what we wear and what we wear is making a statement about who we are and our identity mm-hmm. and what we're thinking is, is happening right now. Right. So I, I think, you know, making those choices are fine. I, for my kids, I'm really lax on like, just do whatever. I just don't want them to look like they just rolled out of bed. Mm-hmm. So I say, yeah, in the morning, you should, boys, you should probably comb your hair. And same thing with the girls, like comb your hair and then go out the door. Like if you ch- decide to kind of wear a funky style, then that's like, okay with me. You can wear that and that's okay. So generally you give them like the social guidelines. Yeah, maybe Within some social guidelines. Yeah, like they'll know like, and they kind of dress up a little bit more for church. And we don't think that everyone needs to, but we just kind of say church is a special time. So, okay, this is completely changing gears from fashion, but I'm just so curious about this. Mm-hmm. I want to know about your Lambda days from when you were in college. because Well, I don't know what you're talking about. No, no, <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> So for those of you who don't know, Steve was a Lambda. I was a frat boy. Frat boy. An LA Lambda. What do you want to, what do you want to know? Okay. So were you a Christian when you were in this Mm, frat? What compelled you to join this frat? Okay. We'll start there. So when I was a senior in high school was when I came to know the Lord and I was baptized and I was very excited about that and my freshman year entering into UCLA kind of felt maybe like I needed to find myself a little bit Mm -hmm. and there wasn't a lot of discerning people speaking into my life and this whole idea of a fraternity I I mean I probably didn't really even think through it much they were like kind of like, hey, come hang out with us, rush with us. I was like, what does that mean? And like free food and dancing, getting to know people. And I was like, all right, I'll go try it. And uh, I did it. And I thought uh, they were talking about brotherhood. And I was very excited and intrigued about that idea. I think even as a Christian, we we realized the importance of family and the family of God. And I think those were the things that really intrigued me about, about community. I have no regrets in that sense. I mean, would I ever encourage anybody else to kind of go through this? Would I encourage my own son? Probably not. Um, actually, definitely not. 
but there are still some uh, friends in the fraternity that I am in touch with, and I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful for the lessons that I did learn from being a part of Lambda. I don't have any regrets in the sense that I learned what true brotherhood is, and it can't be found in the fraternity. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. Interesting. So what would you say is true brotherhood? Like, what was it that you found that was lacking in a fraternity? Well, I think when it came to the fraternity, I, I mean, kind of some of the mo- those things I mentioned earlier, you know, that I, I just realized that the family of God and this supernatural unity that is wrought within us because of the gospel. Speaking of the past. Yes. Is it true you had cornrows? Yes, I did. That's actually, uh, I did have cornrows. It was, I had a, a, you know, I had a phase when I was just growing out my hair. This was when I think Shirley and I, we were just talking. So this was high school, right? No, this was, this was college. And uh, Shirley. When you knew better. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I, you know, my hair was long. I said, Let's go get cornrows. She got she got cornrows. I got cornrows, and it was just for fun. I think it lasted for you know a week, and then and then I took them out. It's like I had to go to work. Yeah, otherwise, and plus, like my hair is a little bit too straight, so they actually had to put in what's that called, like fake hair? Oh, extensions. Extensions to make it have enough texture to stay together. Wow, so you really went the whole gam- gamut on this. Even though it was pretty long, even though my hair was pretty long, they were just like, oh, like you, you need, put work into you need to like frizz this thing or something like that. I don't know. We went to a place called Braided Up. Braided Up. Braided Up. Yeah, it was in uh, it was in Palo Alto. I have 50 million questions about this. Okay, what year was this? I want to say this was the year two. See, because I feel like if if some high school or college kid pulled that today, it would not fly. Like, oh, they it would be cultural viral. appropriation, right? Yeah. Do you think that was cultural appropriation? I don't think anyone was offended by it. I mean, they may have taken a second look because there's this Chinese guy rocking around. The That's town. kind of like what Jeremy did, right? Yeah, but Jeremy Jeremy kind of came in, and then he had to. He had to almost defend himself yeah, mm. for cultural yeah. appropriation. And then, uh, you know, the people who were braiding up my hair were black and they were like, yeah, you guys, you guys could totally do it. I mean, they, they weren't offended by it. They were willing to do it, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, I think we lived, it was at a time when they would, you know, people would probably give you like a weird look, but they wouldn't think that you're trying to, offend Mm. you know i think that's what's cultural that's the problem with cultural appropriation is like we think that the problem people have with it is that you're trying to offend or you're trying to take something away from us maybe i don't know there's i don't know if it's so much like you're trying to offend us so much as it is like appropriate is like you take something out of its context without really being considerate of that context i also want to be sensitive too it's like like to have my cultural appropriated Versus having black culture appropriated. There's a different history. Yeah, this is just a different history. For sure. And I want to listen to and be a part of those types of conversations rather than assuming. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Is there anything else you wanted to talk about that we didn't didn't get to talk to today? Like something you've been dying to say, but you just have had nobody to and a tell. Podcast would be the perfect and audience. this is the great public <laughs> platform to say it. I'm kind of. I am. I don't know. Uh, this this particular time in my life, thinking through the next kind of two thirds of my life, you know, I'm, and so I do think a lot about the church. And as I've been going through, I don't know, this is probably totally not what you want on your podcast, no, but thinking about like the book of Revelation and thinking about our churches, like I, you know, looking through these seven churches in Revelation, and I know that it's not the standard and not everything about the church is said in those seven churches, but I think uh, I've kind of shifted around even some of the preaching schedule just to be, just so that I could have one extra sermon to wrap up the seven churches. And I want to be able to just give my thoughts about our church. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm still toying with the idea. So by the time this podcast comes out, it'll probably be done and maybe it'll probably still be expository. But I think I just have a lot of feelings about our church and thoughts about our church. And I'm praying that our church will continue to be a light. I think that'll be a good sermon for everybody. Oh, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Is there a handle? Anything you want people to follow What's you a on? Handle? Like Instagram well, handle, Instagram. Twitter well, handle. No, please don't follow me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Leave Steve alone. Yeah. All right. Thank you for coming on and for your time. Thanks to those who are listening and stay tuned.